0: Welcome listeners to Creators and COVID, a podcast where I talk to creatives about their experiences coping with the coronavirus pandemic. Whether you started a new business and made something incredible or barely managed to survive with your sanity, we want to normalize those stories and create an archive so that the future can look back at our experiences and learn about the many forms coping and surviving take on in a global crisis. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is going to hit a little bit different. So far, we've heard stories of creators reflecting on, repurposing, or just using their craft to help get through the pandemic. Each one found something new about themselves and or their craft along the way. Today's episode is a bit different. It shows a side of the coping conversation that we all need to acknowledge and that it's past time that we've had. Here I need to give a trigger warning. This episode contains discussions of self-harm and suicide. There's also discussions of depression and mental illness. Ankit, Oja is a film critic and a filmmaker whose primary goal during the lockdown was survival. The words and ideas of his craft, they just stopped flowing. Ankit was quarantined with his family. That wasn't helping either. Video games were a refuge at first. But that didn't last. Soon, the pressures of quarantining, the world's unrest, and the uncertainty of what is going to happen after this virus, if it ever ends, collided with all of his creative blockage. The result is an important conversation that Kit bravely wants you to hear. He hopes that his words and his story will help others out there who are still struggling. Join us today as we discuss the struggle to just survive the pandemic. In Creators in COVID, Episode 5, Surviving is Enough for Today. I want to get started with uh, just talking, telling me about you and what you do. So, um, because I want to establish everyone that, uh, that we talk to as creators. So, tell me about yourself.
1: Well, okay. I am a freelance video producer. Um, occasionally, um, I don't know. It's not as frequent now, but I used to. Uh, um, I used to write. Um, I've been a film critic at large for uh, various publications. Uh, it's not like I've quit, but you know, I've, I've not had the, um, energy to write as much as I used to before, but yeah, I have my own YouTube channel. It's cinema elite where I've been trying out different stuff. And now it's just like more or less video essays about the movies I like, uh, ignoring the ones I don't like because they don't really add to the discourse and, um, you know, People already have those kinds of videos for that discourse, and I don't want to be the next person who says, "Does this movie suck?" Question mark. So yeah, there's uh, there's that. I used to podcast, but I haven't touched my podcast in so long because um, in Dubai, uh, the pool of people you have is so limited when it comes to actually having like you know varied opinions that it just it sizzles out after a point. So there is me.
0: Okay, okay. Um, So with the podcast, it's just so many people you can
1: have on. Yeah, because like the circle um, that I used to like, you know, be a part of, uh, especially when it comes to like film screenings um, or early press screenings, um, more or less, you know, you see the same people. Uh, You have the same uh, opinions. You don't really have much uh, to talk about. Um, when it comes to actually having some sort of challenge in opinion. Like, you know, if I liked Halloween 2018, would someone else also like Halloween 2018? If they do, then like, are we just gushing about the movie or are we like, you know, doing something more? Are we kind of like, you know, talking about the text or the subtext or even the paratext? So podcasting kind of like stagnated after a bit because I didn't know where to take it.
0: Okay. And this, was this before the end of uh, the pandemic?
1: It's way before the pandemic. Like I kind of, it was in 2018.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So, so when the pandemic really started, um, when did it really hit over there in Dubai?
1: Around March, uh, somewhere around the end of March.
0: Okay.
1: I, I had just finished doing, a video review for birds of prey and we were about to make a smallish documentary
2: mm-hmm. well
1: not a documentary but like a, a a fun video um asking having an open letter to margot robbie and uh kathy ann to to find distributors to to release dead pigs which is now out on movie thankfully uh but we really wanted to watch her first film because like uh, the the color palette, the aesthetic uh, off of Birds of Prey really, if you see the trailer of Dead Pigs, you'd, you'd see that like, you know, that comes from somewhere. And I wanted to see that movie. And I've seen that movie. It's great. It's, it's so good. Um, But yeah, I was just getting started on that. And then the pandemic hit and then we just, stop doing whatever we were supposed to do. I was also writing, I think, a, um, an entire ass video essay on uh, Colorado space, uh, which also didn't pan out.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so you guys, you guys had the lockdown, um, like everyone else. And, yeah. Um, pretty much what happened when you know, everything just shut down. Were you like to yourself? Do you do you have um, support system, people around you? Or, you know, is it pretty so, much? Yeah, you? no,
1: thankfully I have my dad um, okay. around. So he's been a major positive presence in my life throughout all my shit. So thankfully he was also around. I live with him. So um, we've kind of become each other's support system in a way that I never thought uh, would normally be possible. It was, but after a point, it was not necessarily effective because I I was kind of going, I was withdrawing into my own self.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's only so much you can tell someone who is also suffering from the same issue of being locked in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, kind of take me through what what it was like in the during the lockdown and the pandemic for you
1: initially we were we were trying to be not optimistic but we were trying to be as uh, upbeat as possible because we knew that we had it better than you know the essential workers out there Mm -hmm. and people at the front line the doctors uh everyone you know in the medical field they they had a lot more to do than you know we did uh we had to we had to stay home and be safe and Mm -hmm. like you know That and I have the privilege of staying in a a decent house uh, with decent internet. So we kind of have everything around us uh, Mm -hmm. in that sense, except it eventually started eating at us because you know when you feel like you can't, it's you know, when when you feel like it's a choice but being grateful for what you have and feeling like absolute shit and going slowly insane had the things that are kind of eating you up psychologically then it kind of becomes like a really toxic you know series of emotional gymnastics that you kind of have to do to to reason with yourself and it's never good but you know it's 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 what it kind of ended up inching itself to by uh by a few weeks into it
0: so by a few weeks in you're just I mean, basically like a lot of people, you're just trying to get through the day. Yeah. Um, did you ever get to a point where you have to, where you had to, like, say, okay, I've got to seek some kind of therapy or something? And. What uh,
1: yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm already on antidepressants, so that really um, does at least some of the job for me. Mm -hmm. in terms of like at least being able to process something from a distance uh, when it comes to my brain and not Mm -hmm. being too into it. But I had completely lost the plot. I was playing No Man's Sky 17 hours every day. I really couldn't, um, like, because that had become my escape. Mm -hmm. Um, And when something becomes your escape and not a place where you feel like it really helps you emotionally, it's just an escape. Eventually that escape is not going to feel like an escape no more. I completely ruined a game that was supposed to be therapeutic for me at that point in time.
0: So, I mean, you can't go back to that now. It's just, it's done. Burnt Bridge, all that. No, I mean,
1: I, I do play No Man's Sky every now and then because, you know, um, I love that game. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a game that's given me immense peace in in really hard times. So it's mm-hmm. not like, but when you play it for almost a month, mm-hmm. 17 hours per day, every month, like the the, the, the whole month, it, it kind of gets to you. Like you feel like everything you've done doesn't really amount to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. You've kind of crossed all, um, checked all boxes, I guess. And once you've checked all boxes and there is nothing left and you don't really have anything to show for it, it, Kind of turns into a well my life is useless and it has been for a while
0: start to reflect um, but not just a, not the positive type of reflection that we're all used to yeah
1: it wasn't it wasn't even like a great form of introspection it was basically um, me telling myself that well this is your fault for you know not um, not picking up a hobby or learning something or whatever because you know um, at the end of the day the narrative at that point was. That you know, oh, because now you have all the free time and privilege to do something like that. You should definitely like pick up learning, um, a, you know, lockdown hobby or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. just, I hate that so much. But it was what it was, and the narrative was so strong that even people who were advocating for mental, uh, mental well being were were definitely like going for for that. Instead of like actually listening.
0: Oh yeah, I felt the pressure from that. The whole um I lost weight during the, the pandemic. I lost fifty pounds during the pandemic, or I learned to bake bread, or I learned to do this, or I learned to do that, and spoken, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some one of my friends learned a whole new language and I'm just like, I'm here.
1: <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah. I, I think that, that counts for something. I yeah. woke up every day.
0: And it does. It does, um, and that's why I wanted to do this project to kind of show that, you know, that was that was awfully privileged of these people to kind of put out there that this is what they were doing, and to kind of insinuate that everyone else should have the time to do the same. Um, in one of my writers' groups, someone tried to say that, oh, you you should be taking that time to taking this time right now to finish up a novel, it, that any novel that you have laying around or, you know, any written project that you Uh, sat down and you want to get back to you and haven't yet. And, and I'm just like, well, what if we can't get our brains to function? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: That was, that was, that was what, like, I was initially a little like excited that like, Oh, okay, cool. I know that my freelance assignments are going to be at at a halt, but maybe I can try and do more videos in this time Mm -hmm. because like, I have more time to kind of like set up, um, um, set up a, a makeshift studio at home and kind of like, you know, have more uh, control over my studio environment and everything. Uh, but it didn't pan out. It never could pan out because every day I would wake up uh, and every day I would open my, open my Blu-ray case and I would pick up one of those discs and I would be like, you know what, I'm going to watch this today. Mm-hmm. But I would be this close to watching it and then I'd feel like I wanted to puke and I would turn it off immediately. I had just I couldn't get myself to watch anything.
0: I stopped reading. Oh yeah, that. I mean, the, that the, um, had all kinds of novels and graphic novels and comics, and I didn't read them. I couldn't read them.
1: I tried getting back to reading
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because something I used to do um, for a long while, but it never ever ever uh got beyond one page because it doesn't. It feels like you're in this repeat loop of something. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, can't say what, can't say um why exactly you're in that loop, but you just are, you know what's going on outside, but you can't go outside. Even if you do go outside, what are you gonna achieve? By going outside, because everything that you used to do for your own mental well-being has shuttered mm-hmm. uh, because of the pandemic. So, going alone to the cinema, yeah, no, that's that's not like you know the cinemas are shut. So, what are you going to do now? You're just going to sit at home and do what?
0: Get online and um, yeah, battle snigger cut people, copy <laughs> <laughs> people from the same. Um, well,
1: the Snyder Cut situation is a lot more where I kind of just kind of lost it. I lost it and I was like, you know what, I can't I can't not speak about this anymore. I had reached a point where um I think I saw this uh, quote unquote excellent um video um essay series
2: mm-hmm.
1: um in which um this the host was talking about Snyder's movies in a way that everybody and their grandmother was talking about Snyder's movies, Mm -hmm. but only this time they were using a slightly more academic slant. And, you know, I love his movies. I think at that point in time, I was already in a very bad shape. I was, um, going, um, I was going through the flow. Uh, the pandemic had just started to kind of like, you know, see a, a slight dip in new cases and we were kind of getting some jobs. Mm-hmm. So I I was in one of my gigs and I had seen the second episode or I guess first episode, I don't know
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: about Superman saving cats. Fuck! Um, <laughs> when I saw like a whole bunch of those videos, I, I don't think I was able to complete this person's series uh i was able to convince like it was not even self doubt i was able to 100% gaslight myself into thinking that uh i was not worthy of speaking about movies because i clearly didn't know as much when it came to uh when it came to them i kind of gave up mm-hmm. completely for months
0: what about the the social justice element? Was there was there like um, a reaction to some of the stuff going on over here within you know pertaining to George Floyd and the activism and things? Did you guys well
1: is it um, over there out here? It's it's kind of very muted um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people over here are they do have the privilege of just like kind of ignoring a lot of these things, mm-hmm. but because of the amount of time I had. uh, I was already like neck deep, you know, watching the daily world meter of Mm -hmm. of how many people like, you know, were catching COVID and how many cases, how many people had like new cases and shit. And Mm -hmm. it was already getting to my nerves. And then I see the news of Derek Chauvin, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. doing the thing he did uh, actively, um, actively and i'm not even going to say accidentally because like actively actively mm-hmm. murdering uh, someone you know in 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 cold blood and all i was thinking is um i literally do not have the energy to process this right now because as it is covid and why would anybody like so much to unpack. Like, you could have just chosen to do anything but that. Like, any, any, literally, you could have just, you know, um, screamed at him and that would have been fine, you mm-hmm. know? Like, sure, you'd still be an asshole, but, you know, um, at least he'd not be dead. Yeah. Uh, during the peak of the pandemic. Uh, like people had to go out and protest like protest during during what was a really a really shitty time for COVID numbers especially Mm -hmm. in the U.S. and I'm like why is everything happening right now like there there are things that we have to deal with and y'all are not making it easy for us to actually focus on those things and
0: Creators in COVID is brought to you by Vero. Vero is a social network designed for connection, not engagement. I love it because it's a place for creators to be free from the algorithm and where episodes of this podcast will drop first 24 hours before anywhere else with a conversation about the episode to follow. That's right. Come to Vero and you get to have a conversation with me, Jonita Davis, and all of my friends and fans over there, 24 hours before the rest of the world gets to see it. Download Vero for free from the App Store or Google Play and follow me, Jonita Davis, and share your thoughts and stories. And now, on to the show.
1: I hated everything and everyone, and I just did not... I couldn't get myself to a lot of, a lot of the shit that I saw broke my spirit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not even from there. I don't even live there.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's what a lot of people, it happened. It broke something in them, especially people of color that were looking in the, the United States and looking for guidance and things and and not finding it. Um, and I don't know, seems like a lot of the white women just kind of, try to capitalize off of that or something um I don't know what they what they thought they were doing um
1: well they were singing imagine off key <laughs>
0: um yeah that's supposed to heal the world with the coat or yeah. Pepsi.
1: Pepsi. yeah or you know saying things like I am complicit in a very performative tone um, yeah no no shit. you're complicit. That's like that's not taking action. That's literally just like, Jesse, what the fuck you're talking about?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Jesse was in uh, in in that video. Um, God damn it.
0: <laughs> well, um yeah, yeah, and I think it exposed a lot of things to the world that a lot of us deal with that they never knew about, never understood really. Mm-hmm. Um so as the, as everything started opening back up and getting along and coming along did you start to recover or did you did, are you still just kind of still trying to get your you know feet grounded and stuff?
1: Um so I think now I'm I'm much better compared to who I was last year. Last year I was a wreck um but by august when things were about to open up and you know cinemas were opening up um i had bought a ticket to uh the 10th anniversary of inception uh twice uh well thrice and i couldn't go twice because i was so scared of getting out of the house the third time i actually went and i was this close to running away from there and like just chickening out but i went anyway Mm -hmm. um i I had a good time i watched tenant later i did end up watching like you know movies off and on Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: um things were never the same after that like you know like i am better now uh i do try to actively engage with media now.
0: One of the things I want to talk about is where are you now?
1: Like in what way?
0: Mentally, professionally, career-wise.
1: The last couple of months have been good career-wise. Uh, mentally, uh, you know, ups and downs, I guess. Um, having the debts reach uh, your family eventually don't, uh, don't always bode well for your for your head so uh, last month i had my uncle die from cancer relapse didn't um yeah was uh, it was weird everything like um i don't know if i told you this i think i've told a lot of uh, a lot of the people i know this um uh, but on Feb 14 when the the trailer of the you know the snyder cut came out i reached out to the only other person i would fanboy about snyder's movies to uh is he had disappeared completely. And I thought that, you know, maybe he's going through something. Maybe he's, um, because, you know, his messages were being seen on Messenger. Um, And um, then I got in touch with uh, one of his friends because like, I wanted to know where he is. Uh, Turns out he had died in his sleep last August. Uh, Yeah, it
2: was
1: a very it was not a good time. That's kind of when I snapped. Um, and I was like, I literally have, I've lost the one person. I would at least, you know, have the, the non-judgmental space to speak, uh, with this director. I really, really loved so much. Like, fuck it. You know, that's how I came in and doubled down really hard on Twitter. What do you mean by double down? Like I, you know, I usually post my opinions of films, but I've been very, uh, I haven't spoken about them from, from the tone of an I don't know if, like, that would be the right word to use, but I don't know of any other word, but, like, from a very activistic tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, like, a lot of the time when I would even utter something about Batman v Superman, it would it would be over for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by then, I just didn't care. I just, like, you know, said mm-hmm. that, in principle, we shouldn't be taking sides with uh with studios.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh because all they're looking at is money. Mm-hmm. Um so whether it's a superhero film that um you think doesn't really matter in the long run mm-hmm. or a uh, a movie uh you know that's about Wind Diesel in a futuristic society saving this pregnant woman uh you know both of them deserve to have their own creative control mm-hmm. and you know None of them should be like shoot off um, like the industry uh, just because like this happens all the time. But yeah, I just like, I kind of, I didn't care anymore. Like I was like, you know what? I've got, I've got one life. I'm going to be depressed on this bird app. uh, uh, But at least I'm going to be able to say shit that really means something.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And if it means something to me, I I don't think it matters. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm going to be able to learn from people who are, um giving an argument in good faith, then why not? Um otherwise all the bad faith people can just like um can be told, yeah, you can do this, but over there.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, off late I'm just trying to be like I'm trying to be more generous with myself. Um, I guess. Generous as in like I'm I'm trying not to be too hard on myself. That's
0: good. Because, I mean don't be hard on yourself be hard on Twitter, Troll. Yeah. Therapy. Exactly. There we go.
1: like i i have i have like i think it's more just me trying to unlearn the fact that i had completely internalized the fact that oh yeah no what if i talk about the pandemic wouldn't that be unfair to the frontline workers and you know Mm. that was an entire narrative that kept going on for so long that like oh yeah you know Wearing a mask, uh yeah, no, of course. I I will wear a mask every day because like that's important. The fact that sometimes it just like when I do have panic attacks or anxiety attacks, it just gets all the more difficult to breathe in a mask.
0: Oh my gosh. i, uh, I, I I've had an experience of a panic attack. Yeah. With a mask. Oh
1: no. And last year, um, I've had to go out um for a couple of jobs in in the mask. Mm-hmm. And if you knew how hot it was here, um, it doesn't really help when the mask is covering your nose
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you're losing energy
2: mm-hmm.
1: a bit by bit. and all you have to think of is, well, you know the doctors have to wear two masks. So you know what are you even thinking about? And mm-hmm. all you're doing, you're just kind of devaluing how you feel about about the things that are happening. It's not like you're, you're more or less policing yourself, for, for things that are not even in your control.
0: Right. And as I keep, as I've been saying a lot these days, two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that, you know, those of us who are prone to panic, panic attacks, um, especially those of us who whose panic attacks have come back since the pandemic, cause I'm in that group. I thought that I was done with panic attacks until the panic, pandemic, but, um, those of us who are prone to panic attacks, can have difficulties with the mask, and we can acknowledge that the frontline workers have to do this daunting job all day long with a double mask, sometimes with the mask and the shield on. Um, mm-hmm. we can acknowledge both can be true, and we can acknowledge both at the same time, and we can acknowledge that both suck. And so, that's a, that that's where I do I so I understand it completely where you are right now because it took that long for me to get here to where I'm in the same space, like I can speak my truth and without nullifying that yeah
1: truth as well because a lot of and this is weirdly from a lot of less leaning spaces as well like yeah you know what the doctors have to do this every day so shut up and wear a mask and like i am doing that Mm -hmm. i am not not doing that i am being very considerate about this but if y'all like what are you trying to do like are you trying to like tell me that i have zero uh like agency or what I feel mm-hmm. because that's what it looks like
0: at the very moment when you needed to get in touch with your feelings mm-hmm. that you needed to, you know, at the very moment you needed to kind of try to reel you know, not reel them in, but you know, to, to try to get your hands on them again, people are telling you, you know, Oh, it, you know, kind of fuck your feelings.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, that's not like, that's not a thing because like if you are wear, wearing a mask has become a And I'm not gonna like say this in a way that like a lot of other people say it, but wearing a mask became a political thing when it was not supposed to be a political thing. It was supposed to be a thing that was meant to keep people safe. Right. Uh, But people are just like, oh yeah, if you don't wear a mask, uh, or if you think you don't wanna wear a mask, like, okay, if you don't wear a mask, then you're definitely like harming both yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you don't, if you feel like, you know, wearing a mask is tough for you, then you're definitely an alt right uh, sleeper agent type person. Which what the fuck um, right, right. is? There was so much uh, talk about like, no, wear a mask, and you know what? It's it's good conversation. You've got to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But when the when the conversation encroaches upon how people have dealt with wearing a mask and having anxiety attacks to the point being unable to breathe became a thing um what are you going to do at that point in time are you just going to tell them to like you know uh screw off if you're doing that then what's the point of you know you saying uh hashtag mental health or whatever you know don't don't do that then you don't care about mental health don't don't even don't talk about it because like i am not i am not flouting the rules Mm -hmm. i am you know being very much in accordance with whatever everyone's recommending uh, that we do and whatever is mandated I'm not you know I'm I'm not rebelling against anything I just want to say that yeah this is an experience that mm-hmm. I've had but if you're just going to ask me to shut up then I I guess I have no choice
0: yes oh my gosh yes, yes. a million times because in and with the hashtag mental health okay so excuse my son in the other room playing fortnite um so Listen, I, I actually had moments where I, I, my personal story here, I, I have this fear. I had pneumonia probably about five years ago,
2: mm-hmm.
0: maybe a little bit longer. I'm terrible with dates, but that was the most horrifying experience with me because I felt like I was drowning when I laid down and, you yeah. know, and, and I, and I wasn't in any water Um, and I had difficulty breathing, just sitting and so from that experience, losing my breath or having my breathing impaired has been my worst fear. So when this COVID came up and everybody keeps talking about how it feels, you know, how it feels like you're drowning and how it's like pneumonia, you can't really, you know, um, mm-hmm. get your breath and everything. I that I was terrified of that. And putting a mask on my face, uh, you know, person who is terrified of that, then you're putting a mask on their face, okay? Mm-hmm. That I, I couldn't cope. I mean, I stayed at home. and would not go anywhere because I couldn't put a mask on because. Yeah.
1: Um, like it was the best choice. Like.
0: It, it was the only choice, you know, was unless, you know, you want to be, um, again, talked about like you're some kind of terrorist. Um, if, if there's a picture of you without a mask on, you know, people, people like drag others. If there was a picture of you yeah. without a mask on and you're around other people. But then I'm here in Indiana and the cases are high. They're talking about wear a mask and, and all that's going on. So you know, and I'm like, I can't go anywhere. And so you're terrified. I'm terrified. It, you know, putting that mask on cuts off my breathing at a time where I'm freaking out about breathing and I'm having flashbacks to having this severe pneumonia. Um, but that's straight up PTSD. It is, but you know, you know, for your, for yourself, if you talk to anyone about that, what are they going to say? You know, well, so you're anti-mask. No, I didn't say I'm anti-mask. I'm just telling you what happens when I put them in. Oh, so so you're one of those who don't want to wear masks. Huh? Are, you, are you Are you? talking about your, so you're Republican? I'm, I'm not saying any of that, you know? And then it the, just yeah. feel about the frontline workers. You know? I know about frontline workers. My cousin that I grew up with, who's like my sister, she traveled to different hotspots. And she told me about her experience so says, regularly. I know how hard it is. My best friend mm-hmm. growing up, is a nurse practitioner in Arkansas where it's worse than Indiana. They decided in Arkansas that, that the pandemic was over. I mean, seriously, oh, wow. this is legit what happened. I'm you, you hear about this on, on the news. And you don't think it's true, right? Tell me. No, I mean, around, I, around. I, they,
1: they, I definitely think it's true because of the kind of narrative that has been building up over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. especially the anti-wax, uh, um, discussion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh You know, the ones, uh, especially the ones with the microchips. Um,
0: Yeah, I made a joke about, you know, hey, y'all, if this vaccine gives you 5G, why is my phone still stuck on 4G? And people said, bad taste. I thought it was funny. (laughs) Like, it's just like,
1: you know, uh, it's so difficult to speak about something that's not even connected to um, the problems of um, anti-vax discussion. -hmm. Or the problems of anti mask discussion, because the problems of anti mask discussion that are going on and are going about are really harmful, uh, like period. So, yeah, like the things that I'm trying to uh, like talk about are kind of being conflated with those things. I'm not talking about being oppressed. Mm-hmm. By wearing a mask, I'm not talking about being oppressed uh by having a vaccine. I just want to say that this is basically how I feel. I've you know gone through asthma before mm-hmm. uh and you know it it doesn't happen now, but like it was really bad for me and mm-hmm. when whenever that happens, whenever I feel like uh I can't breathe air um i I remember those moments very vividly.
0: Same thing, PTSD. Yeah, I knew you knew what I was talking about. Same thing. Um, so it almost is like, you know, does this feel like it almost impedes your healing from, from a lot of this that, you know, Oh yeah, talk about? absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, you feel like you have a responsibility to uh, to keep the conversation in a better place uh, so that it doesn't become a weapon for people who don't want uh you know or who are looking actively to to twist your words and make something out of it um there's that responsibility that's hanging over your head because you know people are stupid
0: <laughs> so, i mean, that you didn't lie yeah. <laughs> um
1: but yeah, yeah like you know there's so much going on inside your head. A, you can't speak about this and how it affects your mental state. B, you can't uh talk about uh you know this because you have a responsibility for it, like you know on behalf of literally the entire world to keep the conversation in a place where it doesn't derail into people just causing chaos which mm-hmm. it, it continues happening in um in the land of white people. Uh, uh you know it's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. to me okay so and you you talk about that you know and that's that's what basically what what Arkansas kind of is now but um because now they're having the hot spots and the you know the the you know their ICUs are overflowing the same thing that happened everywhere else last year is happening in Arkansas right now I don't know how they skipped it last year um but they still decided that they don't want to talk about COVID um but this policing of others, other, other people's speech, even at the, the um kind of at the, the, the danger of their, of so, of someone else's mental health. I mean, to me, and I want to know what you think about this is this, uh, to me, it seems like peak privilege, because there's it definitely nothing wrong is peak with
2: privilege. The people.
0: Yeah, because the people who don't want the mask, you're healthy people, you're not immune compromised, you don't have and you're not, you've not got the mental, the, the problems, the, the anxiety disorder and the depression and, 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 and everything else that, that everybody else is going through. So you, I mean, in a, a perfect world, they should be the people who are not speaking right now, right? Yep. But instead they are ruling the dialogue.
1: And it just sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how emphatic is emphatic enough when I say I am so tired but I am so tired,
0: exhausted. It's so just, almost like another uh, form of oppression.
1: Yeah. Like just, you know, um, at the cost of sounding like a boomer who, you know, like, Oh, the olden days were better. No, of course they were because, you know, they weren't really crowded by people all over social media telling you one thing or another, you know, I'm pretty sure that like when SARS happened uh, uh, back in 20, 2002 and 2003, it was probably contained faster because of the fact that we did not have Facebook and Twitter, uh, because now yeah. the entire world is having a very uh, a mutated form of the exact same SARS-CoV-2 virus, uh, and everybody's talking about it being a hoax. So everybody feels like not their their narrative is much better, um, whether it's politics or film, mm-hmm. or politics in film. White people be wilding. And-
0: <laughs> okay, so where do you? Uh, so what? What is the outlook like for you in your 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 work? Do you see yourself um, diving back in? Or are you going another direction? Are you have you have some stuff that you're working on now? Or are you just so still taking it one day at a time? Sorry,
1: it's a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, before I used to go out um, and shoot in events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, games conventions and comics, you know, comics conventions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it used to be a very uh, crazy uh, behind the scenes type shoot that like I used to get a lot of fulfillment over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still do that to an extent, but a lot of it is like a little more muted now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my career has kind of gone from from that to live streaming. Um because the guy I work with, uh, he, um, he's more or less, uh, you know, proficient in live streaming. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, he has a business that kind of like centers around live streaming. So, uh, I've started digging my, uh, digging my hands in that, and it's not really bad at all. And Mm -hmm. I've been trying so hard to unlearn, uh, the gaslighting that, I kind of, you know, imposed on myself, uh, courtesy those um, three or four very, um, very, really good videos. Uh, uh, yeah. So doing this whole tenant project has taken me one year. It's not supposed to take me one year to make a video essay, maybe three months, four months, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like one year is insane. Like it's August. I started writing about Tenet when I saw it last August. Mm-hmm. Uh it's affected my so unlearning that is definitely things that like I, I want to go back to making videos about movies I love. Mm-hmm. Um and you know just talking about what really makes them tick for me. But mm-hmm. it's kind of gotten a little more it's it's gotten a little hard because you kind of try to imbibe negative habits faster than positive habits. So unlearning those negative habits of you completely saying that, you know what, maybe you were never that proficient in film in the first place, uh, mm-hmm. which, yeah. And I studied film production. I mm-hmm. literally studied film production. And the fact that I studied film production and I know how to make films, If like I had to uh, make a short film and my mind wasn't such a mess uh, I would make more short films, but uh, like you know it's I don't it's just it's difficult so coming back from that and like telling myself that no you've had you've written for you've written about Indian films and you've written about English language films and you've done foreign films you've written, you've written for 11 years mm-hmm. and you know it this is not three videos should not be uh, the breaking point for you
0: no. And you have to to tell yourself that surviving that pandemic is is a coping mechanism, just like anything else. And the fact that you did produce anything is a win. Yeah, And it's okay.
1: No, it's my achievement. Mm-hmm. I consider the fact that I've even done. I'm um, literally. I know that ninety percent of uh, or ninety five percent of the standard video is complete. I I consider this an achievement. Totally. Uh, just like just like I would consider waking up an achievement. Because, you know, waking up is an achievement, especially when you don't know what today is going to bring.
0: Right. And you don't know if you're going to be the next one to get, to get the virus. And I know for a while that, that was like. No, that time. happened to me
1: already. Like oh, my already dad got it. it. Oh. Yeah, my my dad got it uh, last November. Uh, and I just I, I acquired symptoms. Uh, so I have to assume that I got it as well. Mm -hmm. I didn't get tested, but my dad got tested. But the moment my dad got tested, I kind of like made like, I, I I took a self-imposed quarantine anyway, because I knew that like, you know what? Like the fact that my dad is in the same house as me, there Mm -hmm. is no way. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I, I have been through a little bit of the breathlessness. Mm -hmm. Um, I would walk for 30 seconds and then I just sit down on the floor because like, I was like, nah, uh, uh, Like I would literally just sit down on the floor because like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even, yeah. Mm -hmm. So getting the virus per se, isn't necessarily that crazy to me anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, Considering like my dad's been through the worst of it. I've seen that. uh, And I have had like a little bit of it, Um, but just every day being another version of the same, um, same damn routine. Uh and it's not like yeah. I like I want an un like I want an uneventful day, but not like this. This is not an uneventful day. This is like this is like the calm for a storm. Yeah. yeah. It keeps happening every day. Like you're like, you know what? The max the, the vaccines are kind of doing well. And then suddenly, oh shit, the delta variant. Uh mm-hmm. I just I don't want any of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I already went through that hell last year. I almost, almost um, I, I was disclosed, but I escaped almost taking my life last year.
2: Uh,
1: oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I didn't attempt because I would definitely, like, attempt otherwise, but my dad was around, so I would always thwart that attempt mm-hmm. because I didn't want him to see me like that. Uh, yeah. But you thought about it. You're, you went there. I actively thought about it. I actively thought I live on the 11th floor. Uh and you know, it's it's a, it's a window that can open and I can easily get through it. And I have Mm -hmm. I have actively thought of that. It was never ever uh it was never easy.
0: I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad your dad was there. Yeah. Um was glad I didn't when when when, when was this period? What happened?
1: This was around this was around June, July last year. And like I have gone through that so much that Mm I am I think this year is so much better than the last in, in terms of me handling the mm-hmm. news because I've just chosen actively to to ignore the news that I, I can't handle mm-hmm. because, you know, an overload of information is never that great. Right. So right. Uh, I've, you know, actively chosen what news I want to have in my life and what news I don't want to have in my life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're not in control of, you know, getting to, the darkest part to place and trying to fight your demons i don't want to go back there anymore man
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: like i don't like it's it's an active exhausting process trying to convince yourself not to do that shit
0: yeah because your body um i went through this postpartum depression depression it's like it's the this the one thing your body wants to do or your mm-hmm. brain wants to do like the one thing it wants to do and it concentrates on that and nothing else um and it's like it is an active fight against it, you know? Yeah. So that is uh that right there. That's a victory. That is a victory.
1: It is. It I is. consider that victory. And I know that's still going on, but I'm taking small steps to kind of get back to doing the things I love. Mm-hmm. Um it might not be immediate, it might not take a few months, it might take more than a year, it might take my entire lifetime. But I just, you know, I want to talk about movies again. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Uh, if that's going to be frequent. But I definitely want to get to a point where I'm satisfied talking about stuff I love. And um, I've already taken half that step by kind of letting my hair lose on Twitter. Uh, so yeah.
0: I mean, uh, why not let it out on these assholes? I mean, you see what they're doing and trying to, the latest with Aaron trying to twist his words into like anti-Australian hate. I'm like, Oh, so they're, they're trying to do the same thing they did with me where they tried to make my words be oh, like, boy. hate for an entire country of people. Like they when they, when I said something in there, they're like, oh, you're anti-India. I'm like, no, I'm not anti a whole ass country people. Stop it.
1: <laughs> like it's just it's too much. We're like, yeah. yeah, no, of course, we need to talk about white Americans always talking to other people. But this is this is wrong mm-hmm. because you're clearly looking at a video uh Mm -hmm. that has um an american who is not white uh and you're still tweeting i don't like this narrative that white americans spreading no just don't don't even use the word white when like what are you trying to do don't do it
0: yeah just stop Um, yeah that's what that gift
1: stop it get some help
0: yeah i mean i was just telling aaron i was like i wonder if he knows how bad he looks right now I mean, I know he has people like, um, and the people with him, they're like, you know, are popping him up, but outside of his little circle, he looks like a jackass right now. Um, and I'm like, it would be really funny if Chris Hemsworth actually came out and endorsed it because, um, the Chris's actually, um, he and Chris Evans actually do get on Twitter and they do indulge the fans sometimes. Um, that would be amazing, but it would be messed up, but it, it it would be it would be messed up for them, but it'd be amazing. But honestly, I don't, I don't even get the hate.
1: I don't get the hate because like it was a funny joke. What the hell? What's wrong with you guys?
0: Oh, it's them trying it's them uh, trying to paint it. Their thing is they for some reason, I don't know if is if, if it's this is the narrative they told Zach to keep them away from us or what, but they have to continuously paint us as being um people who start drama and people who are um who race bait they have to paint us as that and so race bait yeah to do bait, bait people on race on race um racial topics yeah, which but that's, that's something that white people actually made up exactly like,
1: yeah so no and and white people actively do that actively do that mm-hmm. like they're the ones who race bait more than anyone if anyone. we're talking about the actual definition of you know race dating
2: mm-hmm.
1: like they they make it about uh race at some point when sometimes the conversation wasn't even about that in the first place right
0: and it's the like, fragility that that's a yeah way.
1: it's uh, more like no i want to overcompensate for being a white person so all i'm going to do is i'm just going to i don't know just like talk about it even harder even though it doesn't need to be talked about right now just don't do it man what the hell uh you know
0: even though no one asked for it yeah exactly um no one asked no one um so yeah i i've been writing like notes this whole time and trying to keep them like together um there's at one point we're gonna have to have a conversation about how you know whiteness is keeping this making this pandemic harder than it needs to be no it is i mean this should not it should not be this hard you know to do like like,
1: to, I'm pretty sure that the pandemic would have been um, easier to, to get through if people weren't this, like, I don't want to say stupid, because, like, I feel like, you know, stupid people, uh like, they deserve, like, you know, they don't deserve to be slotted in with these people.
0: Uh, no, no, um, these people, there's something totally different. They're a whole nother breed, um, and they need something of their own, because I just, yeah. But yeah they're they're causing this to be worse than it needs to be and i mean the whole masking thing is white people anti-maskings yeah. white people anti-vax is white people if we had if we got rid of the white people we probably could have got rid of the virus by now that <sighs> is it, that it does make me tired huh. uh, anyway okay uh, so this last uh, part Lisa. about the whole white people thing, I, i'm gonna have avia is going to like pick and choose what part she wants to put in the documentary anyway so i think the last part it was going to go in but anyway Thank you so much for um for letting me pick your brain for a little bit. And, no, of um, course. It was
1: uh it was actually an honor. Um I don't often get interviewed, so it was fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, I It just made that, me feel a little
1: special.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I know we had a conversation a while back about about writing, um trying to write something during this thing. Yeah. And that was like one of the conversations that helped me get to this idea of trying to see what creators did during COVID. So I, I knew I had to interview you. So you were one of my first inspiring people. So thank you. I'm I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> Don't cry. Yes. Don't but yeah,
1: cry. like uh it was it was nice speaking with you A for the first time, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh face to face, even mm-hmm. though it's like seven C's away or whatever. But yeah. like um, that- not sure. But yeah probably i don't know anyway i just yeah i, I made a more uh, hyperbolic you know hyperbolic statement yeah um, <laughs> just saying shit because it felt right to say yeah
0: um i appreciate it so you have been listening to the creators in COVID podcast many thanks to vero for their partnership in this podcast to ankit oja for sharing his story and to you for spending your time with both of us Be sure to check out on Kit's site, Cinema Elite, linked in the podcast description. Come back next week for a new story that you can hear first on the Vero app, where we drop it and discuss it 24 hours before the episode premieres on your favorite podcast platform. Shout out to sound engineer extraordinaire, Brian Archia. Thank you, Brian, for making us sound like we know what we're talking about. Bye, everyone.